All right, let's sing Never Let Go. singing to God. Let's sing Mighty to Save.
sing, Everyone Needs Compassion. Everyone needs compassion, a love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of a Savior. The hope of nations. Sing, Savior, He can move the mountains. Savior, He can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save forever. Author of salvation, He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the So take me as you find me. So take me as you find me. All my fears and failures. Fill my life again. I give my life to follow everything I believe in. enjoying worship this morning? All right.
Simi Valley and let me say happy birthday. It's great to be together and celebrate one year uh, since the church planting. Uh, so many incredible things have happened over this last year. Uh, so many encouraging things. And I think at this time, I'd really like to just give God the applause. Amen. Isn't God awesome? What God has done. You think about how God has impacted not just the church, but each life individually. And how many great things has, have happened here since God has planted a church here. And how it's not only impacted uh, you and your life, but the ripple effect of all the people that you have reached out to. The, the lives you have touched, the people you've studied the Bible with. I mean, how incredible is that, that uh, a single church planting 
can literally change a geographic area. Isn't that amazing? In the book of Philemon, as we transition into our time of worship, in chapter 1, verses 4 through 3, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers, because I hear about your love for all his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. What an incredible scripture that is. When you think about how powerful it is, the idea of seeing someone else's life and seeing how they share what God has done in their life and how it affects so many people. And you know, that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to take some time to just share over the last year what God has done in Simi Valley. Now, for my wife and I, we haven't been here for the last year. But believe it or not, we've been here for six months. Isn't that amazing? So really, this is our half birthday. Now, the last year has been so incredible uh, for me because coming to the Simi Valley, Gwen and I coming, coming here, and we haven't even moved yet. We're still going to, we still have to move from, from our other home in Palmdale. But, but coming here has been so refreshing to our souls. And I have to say that the saddest part of our week is driving home from church on Sunday. It really is. Because we talk about it, we're like, wow, we wish we could stay, we wish we could do more, we wish we could be a part of more. And why is that? It's because of God and you and the great things that you have allowed God to do through you. So at this time, I'd like to see a show of hands. I'd like for people to just share what some great things that you've seen done over this last year. Viviana, just go ahead and stand right up where you are and speak loudly and boldly. Amen. That's awesome. Amen. Amen. 
Sure. Awesome. Mine. You know, it's, it's incredible to see how God has worked, how many baptisms have happened, how many people came to know God, uh, how many of our own just personal faith has been increased by taking this step out. I mean, it takes a step of faith to start something, and it's, and it's not easy because you don't know how it's going to go uh, because you go through all this um, ups and downs and these peaks and valleys, and uh, sometimes you think, man, this is the best decision we ever made. And sometimes you go, wow, is, should we have done this really? You know, like, is what we should have done? But when you look back at it after a year of doing it, you can see all the great things that God has done. So would you go with me in worship to God as I pray and as we thank him for the great things that he has done? Father, thank you. Thank you, God, for giving us each individual person who's been impacted by the fact that we're here in this valley trying to make a difference for you. Thank you, God, for the opportunity to increase our faith, to stretch us in ways that we didn't think we could be stretched, to make us grow in ways that we didn't think we could grow so that we could be better for you. Thank you for giving us an opportunity to learn to love each other deeper like you love us deeper. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to come together and gather as your people, to worship you, to praise you, to give thanks to you for all the great things that you do. You are God. You are mighty and powerful. You reign from above and we are nothing yet, Father. You invest so much in us. We are so grateful to you, Father, for everything that we have and that we do and that we're capable of doing through you. Father, thank you for the breath in our lungs and the blood in our veins. Thank you for life. Thank you for vision. 
And thank you ultimately for your son. And it's in his name we pray and we worship. Amen. You wrote it, great. 
music ministry awesome then they do a great job the amount of work that they put in is incredible so i'm very grateful for each and every one of them and as we continue to celebrate the one-year birthday of the simi church i think i'm going to ask the obvious question here how was your thursday seems like an odd question but i asked that question really because i want to tell you about my thursday And my Thursday was a little weird. I drive a lot, uh, and I was driving into work, and I was stopped at a light, and I looked in my side mirror, rearview side mirror, and I saw this woman take a banana peel, put it outside the window, kind of cup it a little bit, and drop it on the ground. I was offended. She's a banana dropper. Who does that? Who just takes a piece of trash and drops it on the ground? My kids do that. My kids do that, but they can't drive. They can't drive. So she just dropped this banana peel on the ground. And I I didn't follow her, but I was like, wanted to? I wanted to follow her? I wanted to go pick it up and follow her and give it back to her. I had to let it go. So then I went to work, and then I was heading to another job, and I got off the freeway, the 118 at Balboa, and I made a left-hand turn. I looked up. The light was green. It had the arrow, and I started to go, and I turned, and I was into my turn when another car, a BMW, (laughs) came right at me, ran the red light, and missed me by an inch. And you know what I said? Where's a cop when you need one? (laughs) And fortunately, there was one right behind me, and he came around and pulled her over. Yes! That's right, because you almost hit me. And the great thing about those two stories is I have never done anything like that. Never. Right? I don't do those kinds of things. Right? I'm as pure as the driven snow. I mean, I am so good. No, I'm not. And so I started thinking about my day, and I was thinking about those two events, and I thought about this scripture. In Romans chapter 3, verse 23 through 25, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And are all justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. And I thought, 
you know what? We're all banana droppers. Yeah. <laughs> right? We're all red light runners. We all do these things. We've all sinned. And I'm not better than them, and they're not better than me. But in Christ, we've all received forgiveness through the cross. Let's consider these thoughts as I pray, and then we take some time in silence to meditate on God. Father, thank you so much for giving us your word, for teaching us through your word that we're worth something. And the worth that we have is not our own, but it's the worth that you have in us. And today we pray a prayer of gratitude to you for the cross of Jesus that allows us to have a relationship with you and that we can be forgiven from all of our sins. We thank you so much for his blood that was shed and pours over us and covers us and for his body that was broken for us so that we can have a new life. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, everyone. My name is Bonnie Gasper, and I've been here for the last year along with my husband and my family to witness everything that we've done here at Simi Church. And as Ivan was talking and all of you were raising your hands, it was like a, a slideshow going through my head of all the things to be thankful for. And I think one of the ways that we can show how thankful we are is through our weekly contribution. I know sometimes I grew up as a young girl seeing the basket passed around and it can become a habit, and I think God really wants us to take this time as we give to be thankful and to be grateful for what we have and that we have the opportunity to give. So the ushers are going to come forward and take our weekly contribution, and we do want to say thank you for those of you who give online. And while they're passing the baskets, I'm going to go over some announcements for the week. So upcoming, we have a high school Devo on Friday at 7.30 at Harley Bowl. I'm assuming that Simi Harley Bowl? Yep, okay. And I know we love the fact that our son Dane gets to go to these devotionals, and it's awesome. I know he shared, he said he loves the group. So it's a great time for our kids to get together and spend time in doing spiritual things. And on Friday also, we have a regional campus devotional at 8 o'clock at St. Mark's in Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara. It's an awesome time for the campus. And then there's an encouraging service coming up, the Lift Worship Concert, which is our sister church at the Panorama High School, Saturday at 6 p.m. So I know you can go online and look at our calendar for more information if you'd like to go to that. And then we will see you back here Sunday, 10 a.m. for our worship service. And then, very, very exciting, my husband and I have been spending lots of time organizing our family camp, which is coming up. So, really encouraging. We went out to look at the spot. It's beautiful. We're on top of a hill. It's going to be a great time together. And that is the weekend after Memorial Day. So, that is June 3rd through 5th. If you have any questions, please come see me or my husband. He's serving with the kids, but we would love to have you there. And then lastly, our Easter worship service is on Sunday. They moved it away. Sunday, 10 a.m. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Well, at this time, we are so privileged to have a guest speaker for our sermon today, Ron Quint, who is the lead minister in our Valley Church, our sister church over there. It's awesome to have him and his beautiful wife, Renee. They have two sons, and they just serve tirelessly, and we're so 
so welcome to have you here today, Ron. But this time, before he comes up, we are going to have a special song. Amen. At this time, we're going to sing How He Loves. Feel free to sing along if you know it. Actually, let's go ahead and stand up and sing. Ivan's in the back waving at me.
make it personal. Sing how he loves me. How he loves me. Joe. And uh, so I've kind of I've kind of enjoyed that a little bit. 
Uh, mostly, though, because because I've known how much they love God and how faithful they are. And when they would hit something, uh, they would, in addition to seeking counsel, they would really go to God. And I, I just know that that bodes greatly uh, for the future uh, with, with their uh, leadership and with you leading and serving and working together. So a place of prayer, that has really stood out. And then the other thing that has really stood out, and in this you have to know you're a little bit of our R&D department. Okay, I'm not saying you're lab rats. I'm just saying you're kind of our research and development department. And that is, that is this whole experiment of just having truly a grassroots, whatever term you want to call it, uh, organic, or uh, just the consensus that the, as, as many involved as can possibly be involved. And the truth of the, the Starbucks talk was that it was actually Mayan, and I know Mayan was giving voice to others of you who have talked. That's where the vision really was, and, and maybe not so much Joe, but I was following, I was showing up just tagging along behind to say, what? what's going on here? What are we doing? And But that was part of the vision. It was the famous rocket fuel talk yeah. in which it was conveyed to us, we're sitting on rocket fuel here, and it needs to be ignited. And uh, what are we going to do? And the idea of the rocket fuel was the idea there's people that are, are ready to serve, ready to be involved, and they're really just kind of sitting on the sidelines uninspired. And so put the match to it, and voila, one year later, here's what we have going on to the glory of God. Amen. So uh, we'll jump right in. Uh, we're talking about following Jesus here in uh, Simi Church, also in the Valley Church. And it does uh, call to our attention, who are we following? Now, I know Joe is fond of telling jokes yeah. at the beginning, so I'm going to try to, you know, follow in his. Uh, so, so this is it. Uh, there's other people that actually do have winter storms. You know, ours is liquid, and it falls, and then it, it washes away, and, and, and we have spectacular days like today. But, but this woman was somewhere way outside of Minneapolis, middle of winter, and she's trying to get home to Minneapolis, and she's out there, and the blizzard hits. And it's like wide-out conditions. I mean, the blizzard hits. And luckily for her, there's a snowplow right in front of her. Uh, she, she, she brings it into her attention, and she decides, I'm just going to follow the snowplow on in to Minneapolis. And so she's following along, and it was kind of crazy because sometimes she'd almost lose sight. And then it would be almost like maybe in a drift, like she was going to get run over, and she'd have to back up quickly. But then she, she'd follow along, and she'd follow along, stayed as close as she could. It seemed to be going on interminably long. When is she going to get to Minneapolis? And finally, the brake lights came on. The driver got out of the snowplow, walked up to her window. She rolled it down kind of, uh, you know, cautiously. And, and, and she said, what are you doing? And the, the driver said, what are you doing to the woman? And she said, I, I'm following you. Where do you want to go? And she said, I, I hope you're going to Minneapolis. And, and he said, lady, I'm cleaning the parking lot. <laughs> so she wasn't going to get very far. And, and sometimes that's us. We're following and we think we're going to get to Minneapolis. We think we're going to get somewhere. But who we're following Really, who we're following, what we're following, what we're captivated by, what we're interested in, isn't going anywhere. Now, Jesus is going to go somewhere, and so we want to follow him. In the uh, Gospel of John, we have uh, one of the great ideas into the life of Jesus, and, and 
why he's worth following. And this is an excerpt from the first chapter of the Gospel of John. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. When, when John stepped back and summed up what it was that they experienced in Jesus and what it was that for them made Jesus absolutely worth following, he said when we looked at him, what we saw was we saw his glory. Jesus is worth following because he is glorious. And that when you look at him, you see not just something that, oh, wow, hey, there's a real wow factor there. There's a wow effect in him. When you look at Jesus, what you see is a one of a kind, one and only glory. And that is the, the, the manifestation in a human being of the very glory of God. When you looked at Jesus and you looked what he valued and he, and you looked at how he treated people and how he interacted with people and you looked at what he said and what he taught and what he did and how he spent his time, you looked and you saw what had really never been seen quite to that extent. You saw the glory of God. That's why Jesus is worth following. And there is something in all of us, isn't there? There's something in all of us that there's a quest for glory. There's something that that when we get into the routine of life, we wonder sometimes, is this all there is? Could there be something more than that? There's a a hunger, there's a search, there's a thirst for glory in all of our lives. And the writer of this gospel, John, he's telling us, you're going to find that and you're going to see that really only in Jesus. Now, the idea of the glory of God has a long history in the, the Bible and in God's people. And it goes all the way back. The first time we hear the glory of God mentioned was in Egypt when God's people had been imprisoned and enslaved in Egypt for 400 years, and God's getting ready to lead them out to freedom. And right before he does that, he says, I'm going to get glory. And it's the first time it's mentioned, and it's, it's like a king's glory. It's like a sovereign's glory. He says, I'm going to get glory. I'm going to get glory from the greatest power at that time, the leader of the greatest armies at that time, Pharaoh of Egypt. I'm going to go head-to-head with Egypt, with Pharaoh, and I'm going to gain glory from him. And so he did, and he led his people out, and they crossed the Red Sea, and their enemies have been vanquished, and they're sitting on the banks of the Red Sea, and just like we did here, they they bring out the singers, and they start singing a song of praise to God. And they said this. They said, among the gods, who is like you, Lord? Who is like you? Majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders. You stretch out your right hand, and the earth swallows your enemies. In your unfailing love, you will lead the people you have redeemed. In your strength, you will guide them to your holy dwelling. When they were describing their experience of God, this this expression, this very natural, overflowing expression came, 
You are awesome. You are powerful. You vanquish your enemies. You're glorious. That was the picture of God. And, and we've experienced that. We taste that. But you know, that's not always sustained in our lives. So the other day, I was at 24-Hour Fitness, and I don't like to run on the treadmill, but you know, the, the weather hasn't been to my specifications lately. It's dropped below 60 degrees. And you know, when it's below 60 degrees, what, what are we to do? You know, so we flee inside for our workout. And I was, I was on the treadmill, as I've been doing the last few months periodically, but, but I've learned something called podcasts. You know these things? You put in your headphones, and it could be music, or it could be inspiring messages, and you listen, and I'm transported, even though I'm on the boring treadmill and I'm just plodding along, I'm transported to another place. And, you know, I might listen to, to messages about Jesus. I might listen to messages that inspire me, and, and I found this really work. And, and so I'm there, and I'm, 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 I'm caught up into the third heaven. You know, I'm, just, I'm in the zone there, and this guy comes in, and there had to be three or four open treadmills on either side, and he takes the treadmill right next to me. Now, you know that where this is going? This is kind of like your banana peel experience, okay? So he, he goes over next to me, and he gets out his cell phone, and he dials the number, and he starts talking. And I'm thinking, you know, I noticed this. I'm pulled out of my moment for a little bit. But I think, okay, he's just got to make a quick business call, and then he's going to be done with it. And he talked on and on. I mean, it was like a full, it was like going to be a full business session right there with him. And, and I, I, I kept trying, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't get back into my zone. And, and now think about this for a moment, okay? I was probably listening to something about God, <laughs> about Jesus, something uplifting. Think of now in this moment, think about the things that I could have said. I could have said, hey, God loves you, and so do I. I could have said, hey, do you live in Simi Valley? Because there's a great church there. Uh, come with me to their anniversary service in a couple weeks. There's a lot of things I could have done. But in that moment, I had so lost touch with the glory of God. I was so out of any previous experience I might have had in the glory of God that I turned to him, and in this one moment of human interaction, I said, dude, is this your office? <laughs> that was it. That's what I did. And then I went back and instantly, you know, the guilt kind of came in. And he kind of slowly, he didn't finish his call on, on the spot. He waited and then he kind of folded up his phone and then he went into his workout. And I thought, wow, you know, that's, that's my experience of the glory of God. I see it and then I don't. I experience it, and then I don't. And that was actually Moses's. So Moses comes into Exodus chapter 33. So that's like what? That's like uh, 18 chapters later. And between Exodus 15 and Exodus 33, between the, the glory of God on the banks of the Red Sea and this incredible victory was the incident of the golden calf. 
these people who had been let out and had nothing but praise of God after waiting and waiting and God not responding and God not coming through in the timetable that they thought he should. Where's Moses? He's up on the mountain too long. They said, let's take all of our jewelry, throw it in the fire. And they said, as, as Aaron was explaining it later, out came this golden calf. And they bowed down to the golden calf and get this, they said, behold your gods who have delivered you from Egypt. And so this is right after that where Moses goes before the Lord and there's this extended interaction with God and Moses. And then Moses says, after everything that he's seen, he says, now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. And I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no one can see me and live. So Moses needed a fresh view of the glory of God. Because of the defeat, because of the disappointment, because of the heartbreak that he had been through, he yet, even though he had seen it before, he yet came to God and he said, you know what I really need right now? I need to see your glory. That was a good call on Moses' part. Because there's a lot of times when we go through the heartbreak and we go through the disappointment, we're not thinking that what we need is a fresh view of God. Sometimes what we're actually thinking is, I don't want to talk to you right now, God. You're the last person I want to interact with. And yet Moses somehow knew, even as, as heartbroken as he was, God was the place to return, to go back to and receive a fresh view of the glory of God. And what was the view that God gave him? Think about it. The things that God could have done. I'm going to show you my power. I'm going to show you my judgment. I'm going to show you my rightness. When everybody else is wrong, I'm right. And he says, I'm going to show you my goodness. And I'm going to show you that in spite of everything that's going on, I will have mercy. And I will have compassion. And that was a deeper insight into who God really was than Moses had ever had before. That was a clear understanding of who God was. And what, what he most needed at that, and this is what we most need. When we're at our darkest hours, you know what we most need? We need a deeper understanding of who God is. And the deeper we go and the more clear we are about who God is, you know what we're going to see? It's going to have something to do with how good he is, how merciful he is, and how much compassion he wants to show to us, even in the most likely times. So then the Apostle Paul, when he sums up their ministry in Jesus, he says this, For what we preach is not ourselves. But Jesus Christ is Lord, and ourselves is your servants, for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. Now, God told Moses, you're not going to see my face. But when God sent Jesus, he said, when you look into the face of Jesus, you will see me. Nobody's ever seen God like you see God when you look into the face of Jesus. And Paul said, you want to know what we're about? It's not about us. 
It's about Jesus. And you want to know what the Steamy Church is about? Even though these are amazing people, it's not about these amazing people. It's all about Jesus. And that's summed up. And, and it's a quest for seeing the glory of God as we look into the face of Jesus. And what did they see? They saw his glory. One of the great demonstrations of his glory was in John chapter 11. Again, an excerpt from the 11th chapter of John. Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it's for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. On his arrival at the tomb, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you, if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out. Jesus said to them, take out the grave clothes and let him go. One of the greatest demonstrations of his glory was in a darkest hour in the life of this family. And it began with the sickness. And sometimes that's when the feel, the tide, the tone changes for us, isn't it? It's when a sickness comes. But it could be something else. It could be news about our job. It could be news about our relationship. It could be news about our children. It could be news about what are you going to do when the election results come in this year? What kind of news? Because there's people that are threatening to move to Canada. I've got to tell you, I've lived in Canada. It's not going to be any better there. I'm just telling you, okay? This is kind of how it is. But the point is, whatever it may be that is the source of it, you get into that moment and all of a sudden you're thinking, oh, this is bad. Oh, man, this, this is not good. This is, this is really bad. Now, we've been to moments like that. And such is the nature of the glory of God that in that moment when that, oh, this is bad, is coming on, Jesus said, oh, no, no. No, this is not going to end bad. It feels bad right now. And we get to moments like that where it feels bad right now, but it's not going to end bad. Stick around. Hang in there. And Jesus had this line. He said, if you believe, if you have some faith, you're going to see the glory of God. And how amazing that was when just with his voice he called, come out. And, and Lazarus came out from the tomb. And then that final, take off the grave clothes. Don't have any, anything to do with that past because it's all brand new. It's a new life. And, and there's, there's tombs that we find ourselves in. You might be in one right now, and you're so back in there, you're so far back into the darkness that you're wondering if there's ever going to be a way out. Enter the glory of Jesus. He's worth following because he's so glorious. And he's got power to go into our darkest, deadest areas of our hearts, darkest, deadest areas of our lives, and he's able to call us out. The question will just be, could you imagine because this is our equivalent. Lazarus is hanging out in the tomb, and he hears the voice of Jesus, and Jesus says, come out. And Lazarus says, oh, you know, not today. I'm gotten quite comfortable here in the tomb. I think I'm just going to stay here. Or if he was so dead, so unresponsive, that he couldn't even hear the voice of Jesus. That's actually more our reality. Because he's calling. He's saying, come out. Come out of there. Come out of that relationship. Come out of that sin. Come out of that darkness. 
Come out of that bad place that you keep going to in your thoughts. Come out of that bad place you keep cycling into in your spirit. saying, come out. And it's like we would be Lazarus and we would say, oh, no, not today. I'm just going to stay here in my grave clothes in the tomb. If you believe, he says, you will see the glory of God. But there was a moment reserved for a climax, an anticipation of his glory in the most unlikely way. And it's set up this way in John chapter 12. Now, there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. Now, that's the key word there, because in the earthly ministry of Jesus, he had just focused at that time, at that chapter, to be just to the Hebrew people. The Greeks were going to be saved. They were going to get their time, but it was going to be in chapter 2. There was a sequence of events that God had in mind. And so these guys were a little early to the party. They were getting a little bit ahead of themselves. And so it's in that setting that they come and they want to, to see Jesus. They came to Philip, who was from that state in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went to Andrew. Andrew and Philip in turn told Jesus. Jesus replied, okay, now the question is clear. We want to see Jesus. And here comes the answer. And in effect, he's saying, oh, you want to see me? Do you really? And it's almost like echoing Moses. Show me your glory. Oh, you want to you see me? You want to see my glory? Really? You want to see it? Okay, here is the way. If you want to see, here is the way you're really going to see. He says, he replied, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I like that so far. I like the sound of that, Jesus. Okay, let's go. We're talking about glory. And then in the most amazing gear shift in the history of changes, very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. They wanted to see his glory. They wanted to see him. And it's like he brings this phrase in. He says, now, waiting, 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 glimpses, glimpses, glimpses. And then all of a sudden, now, now you're going to see it. But it's a kind of glory that is different than any human glory would ever anticipate. He goes on. Anyone who loves their life will lose it, while anyone who hates their life in the world will keep it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, my servant also will be. My Father will honor the one who serves me. Now, now, my soul is troubled. Now, what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? No. It was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. And a voice came from heaven, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. Jesus is talking about the cross. He's talking about the march that he was going to have to the cross, and he was going to have the nails driven in his hands and feet, and he was going to, they are going to bear our sin. The sin that we couldn't handle, that we can't pay the price for, that we could never be completely accountable for before God. He's going to bear all of that, and he's going to take it away from us. And in that dying and in that bearing and in that burden and in that cross, he was saying, that's where you're going to really see my glory. It's the glory that Moses was given a glimpse of. It's the glory of the goodness of God. It's the glory of God saying, I'm going to have mercy. But little did Moses know what God having mercy for us was going to cost him. 
It's God saying, I'm going to have compassion. But little did they know, did anybody know, even when those who were there hearing it described and witnessing, they really didn't understand that that was the bearing of our sins on the cross. To the Greeks, Jesus said, you want to see my glory, then you're going to have to know me as the Savior who bears your sins, who takes them on the cross and then buries them with me in the tomb. Because that's going to be where the Father's glory is most displayed in me. So here's some takeaways for us. One of the things we want to do is we need to see his glory. Jesus prayed this in John 17 as though giving us what would be a gift that he could give us? What would give me something he could pray for Pray for us? Wouldn't you like that? I mean, if Jesus himself came, he met you at the doors, you're going to, what can I pray for? What would you like me to pray for in your life? Well, here he's saying, here is what I'm going to be praying for for you. Now, you might have some requests of Jesus, like that winning lottery ticket. Could I have that, you know, or whatever we might ask for. Jesus said, here is what I'm going to pray for for you. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am, that they may see my glory. The glory you've given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. What Jesus is praying for for us is that we would see his glory. If there's one thing Moses needed, if there's one thing the sisters of Lazarus needed, and if there's one thing that those Greeks really needed, they needed to see his glory. And Jesus says, I want you to see my glory. Now, Isaiah would say with his vision of God, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. So in, in some ways, it's just a matter of us paying attention. His glory is all around us. And his glory is in the lives of people. His glory is being displayed. And his glory is being displayed, yes, even in the midst of some of our darkest moments. Really, the question is just, are we going to pay attention? And are we going to see his glory? There could be, in a moment's change, you could go from despair to, to epiphany. Just in a moment, and what would be the difference is whatever situation you're in, having eyes to be able to see, oh, this isn't bad. This is going to end in the glory of God. See his glory. We need to seek his glory. In John 7, Jesus answered, my teaching is not my own. It comes from the one who sent me. Anyone who chooses to do the will of God. Now, there's a great thing to choose. And, and, and that's where we're at. We're at the cusp of at any given moment. Am I going to do his will or not? And it, it's not just going to happen. God's will isn't just going to be done by you without you choosing choice has to be made. If anyone chooses to do God's will, if anyone chooses to do the will of God, he will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. Whoever speaks on their own does so, and here's the phrase that needs to illuminate us, does so to gain personal glory. But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is a man of truth. There's nothing false about him. Seeking his glory is a choice to not seek our own glory. And at any given moment, I can seek my glory or I can seek his glory. But Jesus reveals something, and this is why he's worth following. And this is why seeking his glory is so profoundly important in our life. Because the one who seeks his glory is a man of truth. But the one who seeks their own glory, can you ever really trust them? And you can't. I mean, think if, if, if we were just totally honest, you show up at work and you say, hey, 
I just want everybody to know I'm just here for me. It's just about the paycheck. And I'm just going to do enough to get by, and then I'm out of here. I just want everybody to know that's what I'm doing. Or could you imagine somebody being that honest in a relationship? You know, just say, hey, I just want you to know this is about me. Okay? And as long as this is working, I'm going to be here. But if, but if ever you ever don't fulfill, you know, my expectations, I'm going to pull back from you. If you ever hurt me, you're not going to get all of me anymore. Could you imagine if we were that? But we're not that honest. And because we're seeking our selfish glory, sometimes in our marriages, sometimes in our families, sometimes in our jobs, sometimes in our relationships, because we can get into that self-seeking, and, and, and it's obvious, everybody knows it, and so then we can't trust, and then the trust is gone. And Jesus is saying, you know, one of the best gifts that you would give the people around you, if you made this choice, I'm going to seek his glory instead of my glory, one of the best gifts you would give them is the gift that they could really trust you. They could trust you because they would know there's no agenda. There's no hidden agenda. There's no private spin on it. You're just there as best you can to serve God and work for the highest good of everybody in the equation as would be pleasing to God. Seek his glory. Here's another aspect of seeking his glory. Romans chapter 1, Paul is stepping back and he's basically saying, here's what's wrong with the world. And wouldn't we like to know what's wrong with the world? He's basically describing it. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But the thinking became futile and the foolish arts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and they exchanged the glory of God, the glory of the immortal God. Therefore, God gave them over to the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity, for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served created things. There is seeking the glory of God, and then there is exchanging the glory of God for momentary pleasure. And he just gives one example, sexual pleasure, but there are many others. There is the seeking the glory of God, and then there is the choice to exchange it. Because sometimes... The glory of God experience is a delayed experience. There's a tough choice I have to make today. There's a saying no to my impulses I have to make today. There's a saying no to what I want to do that I think might feel, uh, make me feel good today. There's a saying no to that, and then there's a delay. Sometimes quite a long delay until I experience the proof of doing God's will. And I experience the payoff for pleasing God. And in that delay, sometimes we get tired of waiting, and so up comes the golden calf. We get tired of waiting, and so we exchange what would be greater glory for a momentary, poisonous, toxic glory. If we're doing that in any area of our lives, hear this. Hear him say, that is an, that's a cheap exchange. You are, you are really selling off something that could be so much greater for something that's so less. You're, you're selling off something that you think is going to bring, bring pleasure, and it's just going to bring you so much pain. And exchanging it for something that in the long haul is going to so purify your soul and so bless you. Seek his glory, and then share his glory. And the psalmist says, Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. 
Sing to the Lord, praise his name, proclaim his salvation day after day, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. Share his glory. So it's your one year anniversary as a church. You're a place of prayer. Praise God for that. You are a bit of a research and development portion of our church. And we're learning from you. And we're excited to see the things that you're going to learn together and you can share with the rest of us. Uh, but you're also a new song to the Lord. You're singing a new song to him. New church, new song. And the song you're singing, it's just, it's just what's described here. What is the Simi Church here for? What, what, have you been doing this, what have you been doing this past year? You've been declaring his glory. You've been proclaiming his salvation. And we're so thrilled to be at least a part of that with you. And uh, so excited to think about what's yet to be written in the hearts of people around here. And we know that, that you're going to continue to bring glory to God. Thank you, Simi Church. All right. Amen. Let's stand on up. We're going to sing our God.
guys so much. We're going to, uh, at this time, begin our birthday celebration. I'm Joe Collins. This is my wife, Lynette, and we are uh, the couple that do lead the Simi Church here, and we are so grateful. Go ahead and be seated. We are so grateful to have you here. We brought all the kids in because we have a little video we're going to show in a minute, but before we do that, there's a couple of people I just want to make sure we, we thank, uh, you know, for all the things they've done over the, over the past year. Uh, and first, I want to thank Ron and Renee Quint. Thank you very much. Not only for your message today, but also all the messages you've taught over the years, all the serving you've done over the years, but also the, the vision that you had to uh, open the floodgates here in Simi Valley. And uh, we are so grateful for our relationship with you, the friendship we have, and we really do owe them a big thank you, because uh, without them and their leadership of the church in the San Fernando Valley, that's kind of our mothership, that's the, the Valley Church, that's the big church that we uh, go to. We still meet with occasionally throughout the year. Uh, without their, their love, support, and their leadership, we wouldn't be here today. So I want to say thank you, Ron and Renee Quint. Thank you. Also want to just make a special shout out to our song leader today, Christian O'Connor, uh, he's a dear brother. He's actually in our sister church in the Santa Carita. If you haven't figured that out, we're a part of a, a family of churches that are all over the world, and it's really neat to have these sister churches, and sometimes we help each other out. The past few weeks, we've been sending one of our sound guys back into the valley because their sound guy had a, a health issue and has been laid up after surgery, and so Carlos Garcia, our sound guy, has been helping them. Well, then our song leader, Anthony Evans, got sick totally lost his voice, and so he called his son-in-law, Christian, from Santa Clarita. He came down on like two days' notice and led all the songs for us today. Thank you, Christian. I also want to thank uh, two uh, dear friends of my wife and I, Ronnie and Maggie Nahar. We've been friends for more than uh, 20 years with them. Very dear friends. Our kids love each other. They're there in the back. Uh, a year ago, they, made, they took a challenge to join us here in Simi Church and help get this started. And we were grateful because their girls are best friends with our daughter. And our daughter was, was nervous about coming out here without knowing any new kids and things like that. And so for the past year, they've worshipped out here and really taken care of our daughter, Sophia, but also been great people in the church. But this is going to be their last service because they're going to go back to the valley. That's where they live. They're going to reconnect in the church there. And we want to say, Ronnie and Maggie, how much we love you. Now Maggie's crying. Don't cry, Maggie. But we're grateful, and we owe you a lot. Thank you very much. Also, in a minute, we're going to have cake. We're going to have cupcakes. And I want to thank Anita Garcia because she cooked all the cupcakes. Where's Anita? She's in uh, culinary school. She was up all night cooking the cupcakes. I think she might be napping. I don't know, but uh, oh, she's somewhere around here. Oh, there she is. Um, but uh, she cooked them all, and she does a great job. I've had her cupcakes before. They're very good. So you're in for a treat. want to thank Ethel Evans, Anthony's wife. Ethel did all the decorations. Ethel, thank you. Ethel ordered the cake. Isn't that an awesome birthday cake? Thank you, Ethel. And then I want to just make a general thank you to all the people that serve here in CB Church, from the, from the various musicians, from our ushers, from the people that serve in Kids Kingdom, for those that are on the CME leadership team. Every person in CME Church is active, and we really appreciate everything you do. We could not do this 
without the faithfulness of, of you, the CME Church, and the servants in CV Church. So give yourselves a round of applause. Thank you very much. And we want, if you're visiting with us today, we want you to stay for a little bit. We want you to hang out, enjoy the birthday celebration. And, you know, you got a taste of what we do here. We want you to come back. We really do. Not just for the Easter service, but next week. And, and the, the family camp, it's open to all. Everything we do, we want to bring people into God's house, into God's place of prayer. And we want you to be a part of it with us. So if you stay, and I'm asking you to do so, let my wife and I get a chance to meet you in the fellowship. We'll exchange numbers. We'll put you on our mailing list. And, uh, and we'll even set up some time because we really want to see this thing grow. Not for our glory, but for the glory of God. And that's the last uh, person we obviously need to thank is, is the good Lord for all the good that he's done for every one of us. At this time, my wife... Lynette has a few things she's going to share. All right. So um, when I think of the Sydney Church, my um, one of my fondest memories is when uh, we about 30, 40 something year old adults sat in Mayan's uh, barn and we were talking and discussing whether or not uh, we wanted to get Sydney Church off the ground. And it took a couple of weeks actually of those talks. And as we finally came to an agreement, those 30 adults decided that we were all going to be on the same page. If you remember, we all. Uh, kind of had our football clap. The same page, same page. And uh, that was just a great memory. Same page? Same page. <laughs> and it was, uh, it takes a lot to get 30 people on the same page. Yeah. And uh, it was it was fantastic. And so, but as Ron shared, you know, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains a single seed. And it took some energy and some time and some sacrifice to see things grow. And those 40-something adults, you know, we didn't have team ministry we didn't have a youth ministry. We didn't have a singles ministry. We had almost no one under 40. It was a little scary to start a church with a bunch of older middle-aged people. And, you know, those little seeds, they don't, you know, flowers don't pop up in one day, but they take a little, you see a little bud, and the little bud grows over time. And now we have our singles ministry growing, and we have our, our team ministry growing. And you see the bud, and it's, it's amazing to watch it grow, and it's becoming more and more beautiful. And we get to enjoy that in God's work in our lives. And he can do the same in our life individually. You know, that he'll, 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 if you don't, know, you don't see it yet, that doesn't mean it's not already germinating and growing in your life. So I really do pray you'll grow, come back and let the seed that was planted in your heart today uh, grow and become something really beautiful. Um, but it wouldn't be a birthday without gifts. Yeah. So I brought a few gifts for okay. people. So I have some gift cards, one here to Panera. So I'm going to give these away. Now, don't shout out your answers. I'm going to ask questions. If you know the answer, you have to raise your hand. If you shout it out, I won't call on you. Um, okay, this is for the actual, for the members of Simi Church. Who remembers where we had our first Sunday service? Before our inauguration, we had another, we had a couple Sunday services before we had our kickoff. Who remembers where it was? Okay, Rita. Bro, nope. Nope. Uh, nope. No, that was midweek. Nope. Boy, no one remembers me. What? What's the name of it? Okay. <laughs> what? What? Who knows the name of it? Madeira. Madeira that's All right, Gerardo right. wants to go to Panera. <laughs> Uh, if you guys are visiting, wow. I apologize for the bad memory of the members. I thought of that was going to be easy. I had no idea how we, hard that we was. We wanted to forget that place. 
Okay, if you're visiting uh, the church, not any members, but if you're visiting, or even if you're visiting from the valley or from Shoreline, I have some friends from Shoreline here, what is our church website? You're visiting, okay. Nope, Who said? Don't raise, don't shout out. Go ahead. Okay, yes. here you go. You get to go to Starbucks. Right. <laughs> if you go to cbchurch.com, you'll get a Baptist church, so don't yeah. go there. Yeah. There is a cbchurch.com. We we're, we're like org. but it's not us. Okay, uh, that's one. This last one is for the kids. Right up here. Okay, raise your hand. Do not shout out. You're going to get a little gift card to see a movie, AMC. Um, how many cupcakes should you eat today? Raise your hand. Wait, wait. Uh, Nathan, you were first. That's a really good question, okay? I'll give it to you for that, but we're going to have one each. Here you go. All right. Great job. Thank you. Thank you. All right. All right. Well, thank you. Great job, everybody. So, uh... Thank you guys for coming. We put together a little video. I was uh, reminiscing. It brought a tear to my eye of all the incredible things. We shared a little bit earlier about some of the great things God has done. In this video, it even goes back before the official first year. I mean, we, there's some pictures from, from uh, before. It's only a short video. Uh, but I got to thinking about all the ups and downs. And, you know, and, you know last year my mom got in a really bad car accident. And uh, it was just another one of those things that happened in the year. Another one of those two moments, you know, where those, those dark places. And, but, but the, the awesome thing is she's here with us today. She's strong. She's doing great. And, uh, she's, she's a tough old bird. I got to tell you, she broke like tons of bones and she's here and, uh, really proud of her. But, but the video really celebrates the, the, the victories, all the great times we've had. So again, if you're visiting, we want to see you in the video next year. Amen. Because we're going to do this every year. We want to see you in the video. So we're going to queue up the video. I want the kids to watch it. When the video's done, I'm going to ask Christian to come on up and lead us in happy birthday. We'll light the cake and uh, we'll have my wife blow out the candle. And then we'll cut the cake and we'll enjoy a great time of, of uh, fellowship. There's coffee. There's punch. Uh, a dear friend of ours, I just want to let you know, I believe he brought it, uh, brought some Indian food for us, some samosas. Uh, we have a friendship with a couple. Where, are they here no, still? They or, okay, they left. Uh, they, they own an Indian restaurant, and they just sort of opened. And I love Indian food. So we were there when they opened. We hit it off. We've gone back a bunch of times. Some of you have come with us. They, go, they do great Indian food. And so he'd heard about the Simi birthday. And I was having lunch there last week, and he goes, how's the birthday coming? And uh, I said, you know, great. And he goes, I'm coming, and I'm bringing you samosas for your party. <laughs> So, uh, you know, if you see them, Del Beer and Rimpy, if you see them around, uh, maybe you eat lunch at that place. It's on Sycamore and Cochran, great little place uh, next to the Millies. Go in there and thank them for what they did. But they're really great people. So we're just going to have a great time together. At this point, uh, let's go ahead and cue the video. When it's done, we'll sing happy birthday, and then we'll dismiss to our party. <laughs> 